guys, welcome back to the Beyond the Track podcast, your favorite motorsport podcast, where we talk about everything from Formula One to the Porsche Carrera Cup and literally everything in between. But today we have another special guest. We have another TikTok content creator from the motorsport world and another Aussie, and her name is Anna. I'm going to throw it over to her so she can introduce herself, and you've got an exciting episode coming up. Hey, Anna. Hi, guys. Um, So as you heard, my name's Anna, formerly known on TikTok as F1.Anna. Um, I'm a content creator who makes every videos all about motorsport, but interweaving fan and fashion and media stuff all at the same time. I'm so excited to chat with you guys today, and um, I hope you guys like the episode. <laughs> right. So, Anna, obviously, you've just told us a little about what you do, but like, how, when, sort of, did you get into doing it? Did it kind of come naturally, or is it something you sort of planned and grew over time? Are you talking about like specifically like making motorsport content? Yeah, I mean motorsport content, but also just motorsport in general. So I'm a very recent fan. Like I'm a part of the DTS influx. Like I'm not afraid to say it. I was. Um, it happened like before Formula One. I was a very like casual sport viewer. I was never really into a specific sport. Like if it was on TV with my family watching, I would watch it. Like in Australia, the big sport is rugby, but I'm not really wow. a rugby person. So because of that, I wasn't really into sport. Like I played netball and basketball growing up. So I would watch the occasional game of that if it was on TV. Like I'd go watch the Firebirds, which is the Brisbane netball team. But right. apart from that, I was not really a sport person. I've always been like a fangirl as you can probably well I've got a lot of stuff in my room that like is the idea of being a fangirl like I'm that stereotypical One Direction fan turned Formula One fan now. We had this conversation the other day about the fact I think it was totally about how like fans like aren't up for practice and it's like bro you're dealing with people who are One Direction fans first like that is that's who we are now. It literally is. It's, And I think DTS was the perfect way for that kind of audience to get into it because it had that kind of fandomonium, like getting people excited for the sport and showing another side that was obviously the sport is really exciting, but it's showing that other side of the industry that lures in that like fangirl nature, which is like what I've always enjoyed about pop culture and those kind of things. Like growing up, I was always that Hunger Girl, Hunger Games girl, <laughs> Harry Potter stand. Like, oh, like oh, don't even fan. Harry Potter. <laughs> like Corey latest right now. I'm like, I don't see the flags. Don't, right I now. saw, side note, just take a moment because I was just taking the press. I haven't this. read it. I'm a fake fan. I saw the film the other day, just started reading it. Uh, I need to read it. I think I'm watching it today. I haven't read the book yet because it's I'm so someone, if so I good. know what's going to happen. So if like something new comes out, I read the book. I won't want to watch the movie because I know what's happened. So I'm saving the yeah. book afterwards. But no, when you said you've got heaps of stuff in your room, I'm like, this makes me look like a sane person. If I turn it to my right, my whole like, seven stuff is up on my wall. And uh, yeah, <laughs> when you said Hunger Games, Harry Potter, I'm like, my sister was doing a Harry Potter marathon yesterday and I went and ended up joining up. So no, completely. Harry Potter really made me think of you. Like I was, I liked yeah. Harry Potter, but I was never a Harry Potter like fan. But honestly, the fact oh that Shani used to make Harry Potter content. My brother, oh, yeah. my siblings are a lot older than me. So this is like their stuff from, because they're like six years older wow. than me. So this is why it looks so like retro. That's so cool. Love it. I've been a little yeah no um it came out in the Geordie podcast uh I didn't exactly start making f1 content on TikTok I started uh on Harry Potter TikTok so uh, oh my god <laughs> Harry Potter content yeah, that's Harry how I got content. uh but you'll never find it so it's okay anyway continue <laughs> sorry going back yeah. to the question so yeah so I was never really into sport growing up but then I watched DTS when it was kind of like still COVID time it was probably like 2020 2021 and I started watching and my friends were always like, watch the show, you'll really like it. And I was a bit like, oh yeah, I'll eventually get to it because I don't I don't really watch that many TV shows. So if I do watch it, I have to like commit. And then I finally did. And then like, you know what happens? Like you become obsessed. Like I start watching like all like past races, get to know all the personalities. Of course, like Daniel, it's like the forefront yeah. of like BTS, like really draws you in. And, like, ever since then, it's just been such, like, a strong, like, obsession. Like, my whole family is, like, who are you? Like, you never watched sport before. This is so, like, out of the question for you. But it's just 
there's so many elements of the sport to enjoy, which is why I really like it. It's like the sport's amazing, the media, the fashion, like the coverage. There's so much to talk about that it's so enticing and engaging. And just ever since then, my friends were getting into it at the same time. So it was kind of like that collaborative like learning process with people around me who were still trying to learn the rules and everything. And from, yeah. <laughs> And then ever since then, I was watching it and then eventually in 2022, I attended my first race, which was OzGP 2022 with some of my high school friends. And after that, I had been watching some like TikToks on Formula One. And I personally have worked in like marketing roles and I work in like content creation and photography for like hospitality venues in Brisbane and so I knew how to do that kind of stuff like I know how to make videos I personally run like the Instagram and like the marketing for my sister's online business on Instagram smart women's society shout out to my sister's business um so like I have that experience of making videos and that so that's why my friends were like if you like it why don't you just like make some videos and I thought why not like after going to OzGP it really ignited that kind of like fire to make content and ever since then I've just been making content showing everything I love about the sport and now I'm talking to you guys so yeah yeah. I I love the DTS part because we also had Georgie on and Georgie has came through DTS as well I love it loud and proud um one thing I find when people you know hate on like whole DTS fan I find it quite funny because they don't realize that the whole genre of I say DTS fans isn't limited to just when DTS came out as such. Like I grew up watching yeah. that one because my family did, but I was yeah. never into it until Sebastian Vettel came along. And it wasn't just because of him. It was because Sav knows the story. She's like, oh, she's saying it again. But <laughs> I had found some videos on YouTube and it was like F1 funny moments and conference funny moments. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me into it. I'm like, that's just another version of it because that's all we had at the time. I like the media side of F1, the little bits that we had. And that's what brought me to like love the sport. Yeah. And then it started, and then it kind of stopped for a bit. And then obviously McLaren kind of came back with their media. And I was like, ooh, okay. And then DTS came and it kind of reignited it. It's like, it just draws you closer to the sport. So anyone who, says dts and it's like okay well sure you're just missing out on hours of stuff that we get to enjoy so that's on you yeah because we had this conversation the other day because we were talking about like fangirls and stuff and i was like there is a distinct difference between a sort of fangirl so the type of fangirl that i was with one direction for example they could have brought out the worst music known to man like they could have brought out four minutes of them screaming and i would have been like this is the best song anyone's (laughs) ever written ever whereas i think there's like there's don't get me wrong there's definitely a subset of like fans that are like that that will be like Charlotte Claire did great and he crashed in the first corner type vibes but I think what a lot of people miss out is that the passion that you get from being a quote fangirl is actually what requires you to wake up at 4am to watch practice that has you standing out in the rain when everyone else has gone home that makes you sit and watch by and that absolutely nothing's happening for three hours and I feel like that what a lot of people miss like I wasn't really a DTS fan I liked the first two seasons and then like it lost me like I just yeah. not my vibe but I could see how if you weren't into the sport before like how that could get you like gripped like I see how it worked for so many people because the drama stunning mm. <laughs> definitely definitely no, a vibe. no like it has a purpose but obviously it's not going to be perfect like nothing's perfect but it had the intention of drawing in that younger audience which it successfully did and I feel like while you might not like the storyline and how they tell the mini stories throughout a season it's doing that job of grabbing the attention of someone who knows nothing about the sport and you can choose to watch it if you want to, or if you don't want to. There's plenty of races for you to watch as well. So it's like something for everyone. So talking about drivers in general, who is your favorite F1 driver currently on the grid? And who is your favorite F1 driver that is not on the grid, whether they've retired or passed away? Okay, favorite driver on the grid is very basic for an Australian person, but it has to be Daniel Ricciardo. It like has to be. 
And then also, especially after being fortunate enough to meet him, he's exactly the same as how he's portrayed in media. So just having those two viewpoints, you're like, oh, this guy's like legit. He's so genuine, loves what he's doing. So yeah. someone on the grid, because now I can use that answer because he's back on the grid. So yeah, uh... Ricardo. Of all, not all time, but like who's not on the grid. Not currently racing, yeah. Um, oh, that's such a hard one. <laughs> the first person that's coming to my head is Kimmy because he was just so freaking hilarious. And that he's just such that deadpan humor and just saying whatever's on his head is my favorite kind of humor. And so whenever I watch old interviews with him, like the water, the water bottle clip, like cracks me up every single time. And I, <laughs> he's so relatable. And also his racing career is incredible. Like winning with Ferrari, like not many drivers can say that considering the state <laughs> they're in right now. So yeah, I'm going to say Kimmy. Kimmy is just a character. That last comment hit Shanna like a ton of bricks there. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh yeah, people aren't really able to understand. Like, out, sting. Leclerc is just out. like crying in his Monaco apartment right now. Oh, he's just okay. He's crying. Yeah, in a in a nice Monaco apartment in a Ferrari. He'll be okay. <laughs> Honestly, so if we're saying Danny Rick is a favorite driver, are we going along with an AlphaTauri vibe, or do you have a different favorite team? So, uh, see, so with me, I I kind of love all the teams, but I'm more wow. associated with the driver rather than a team, I would say. But I do have a soft spot for, like, Mercedes and how they're, like, branding and their tone of voice and how they express, like, their teamwork kind of message. They always say, like, we, we work as a team. We're, they're always, like, so grateful, the people that work back at the factory that don't travel with them. I really like that kind of messaging from the team. <laughs> um, but I do love AlphaTauri's, like, how they're trying to weave in, like, that fashion element. Like, I know it's probably going away now next year because what's the rumours? They're going to be, like, racing bulls or something like that. Like, they still... It was like Hugo Boss balls at once, and I was like, oh, <laughs> bring something. It doesn't make sense if you're your own fashion brand to then bring on basically a rival, but now racing balls. So, who knows? Yeah, I I don't even know. But like wherever Daniel is, I will support. But personally, I would say my like strongest allegiance teams would have to be Mercedes and unfortunately Ferrari, even though to the detriment of my mental health. Just like the history of it, like. Yeah. I went to Italy this past July and seeing, like, I went into the Ferrari store in Milan and just seeing the history and so, like, the old steering wheels, like, all the helmets, the car parts they've taken from past Formula One races. It's just, it's such a lineage that many teams will never reach because they just haven't been around that long. And it's just, in, I love learning about it. It's so fun for me to do. But Ferrari are lucky that they have that because let's be real, how many yeah. would be sticking around if they were if they didn't have that kind of history? Like props to anyone who is a Ferrari fan, like pain. Yeah, I know. Uh, like the expectations are there and they're not being met. But um, oh my god, I was so jealous when I saw your stories and your posts from when you were <laughs> like also the most aesthetic posts ever as well. So not only was the trip amazing, so were the posts. Um, and you're still posting some of them now, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. But, I love photography so like yeah, yeah. well like I'm off uni right now so like I have the time to actually go through all my photos and like edit them so I'm like I'm I swear I'm not there but you're gonna see more photos I took that I finally have time to edit um so yeah I love doing that kind of stuff so it's like fun for me yeah well I guess this is when we're kind of moving on to the content creation kind of side of it now you've already mentioned how you started and how that came about also by the way I love that your friends pushed you to do that see that's another thing about like DTS it means that I have people to talk about in real life about the sport before it used to be like someone online on the other side and now it's like oh yeah, yeah. whole group of friends and the fact that they push you to make content as well that's like awesome love them um but if you could describe your content so if someone was to meet you and they had never opened TikTok before never seen your account or actually you know what they know about TikTok let's let's say they know about how TikTok works but they've never seen your account before how would you describe your content I would describe it as fun 
content about the world of Formula One, not only the racing and like what happens during weekends, but also like news updates, but bringing in that fun media slash like fangirl side to content that I know people want to see, whether that's like funny memes or like things relating it to other pop culture things. Like there was a latest trend, you know, the whole like um, the Michael Bublé feeling good trend where like they were showing just like hot photos of like whatever, where there was like girls or guys just like doing, like it's just fun linking those kind of things. And it's the kind of content that fans want to see and engage with. So making that kind of content, because I personally like watching that kind of content on social media and then finally of course like bringing in that fashion element which I really like in my personal life like I like looking at fashion news and that kind of things and then watching the weekend coverage you would see the wags aka the wives and girlfriends coming in with the drivers and I was always just like looking at what they were wearing because a lot of them have such beautiful fashion sense and just seeing what kind of stuff they wore and seeing the range of like Obviously, there's those wags that wear the more luxe kind of items, but then you'd see the wags that would wear more affordable pieces and would give you inspiration. And so I like creating content, informing people what the clothing items are so that if they want to go out and buy it, they can or they can find something similar in their um, price range. Lovely. So I guess before that, do you remember the first ever from the one video you ever put out to the world and also could we find it not that we're going to I don't have much time but <laughs> is it still on TikTok I think it is still on TikTok I think it was just a video from OzGP 2022 I think it was one of those ones where you're like walking up the stairs and you're seeing like your view for the first time because I saw someone else make it I think it was like Silverstone the year before and I like saved it I was like oh I want to make this when I go to Albert Park and um so I filmed that and my friends were like are you coming I'm like no just wait I'm trying to get my phone to be steady <laughs> and it was so yeah. awkward because there was people there so I was like awkwardly waiting for them to go so I could like pan across and show my view and uh but like it did the job and I, I'm pretty sure that's my first F1 video oh, which is like not that embarrassing so I'm glad that yeah it's probably still there yeah, that's awesome. No, Sav knows how it feels to be around with me because I have my phone out whenever we do something. Um, Sav, do you want to just test if you can, I don't know if you're speaking without speaking, but I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Oh, no. Okay. We're just going to keep going? We're going to jump out and come back? Do you want to leave and come back and just, yeah, okay. Oh, um, yeah, there we go. We'll wait. I'll give it, leave it a bit, wait for it to come back in. So, okay. Yeah. So when, like, off track, um, when did you get into F1? When, like, and when did you go to LGP? Like, what was the timeline between getting into it and going to the first race? It was like 2021 middle. I'm pretty sure I got into it. And then I went 2022 what was it so april tickets when they first came out or did you get them later i got the later release like we got them in december because like after watching we're like oh let's do a melbourne trip we really want to go and then we saw it was sold out we're like oh great and that would have been like a quick turnaround for you to be like oh we need to get tickets and get them straight away yeah Yeah. okay cool we can hear you now all should be well okay perfect okay all righty, so recording. All right, so you mentioned the OSGP right, so you- 2022, but there is a special moment at the OSGP in 2023 that I really want to talk about. <laughs> up. I think you know which one, but the Bottas video. Now, <laughs> there is a big chance that anyone who's watching this has probably seen it. And if you don't know a bit of context, Anna managed to do a really good TikTok with Bottas at <laughs> an event, and it was oh no I've got blank you're gonna have to describe but basically explain what the TikTok was and how that happened how it was how'd you feel um so the TikTok that Shana's talking about is one I made at OzGP 2023 and it was at a Puma event at Chadston Shopping Centre and how it went about my friend Laura was actually the one that got invited to this event and because like we're friends and she had a plus one she was like hey do you want to come with me to this event? And I was like, of course I do. Like, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, 
and she's a Melbourne local so she drove us there which was so nice because I was probably just going to catch like an Uber out there like not really knowing Melbourne very well um we went there and when we got there um it was an event with Valtteri and Ned Brockman I think his name is he's the guy that ran across Australia like um with the mullet and basically the event was um (laughs) um uh it was like racing to the finish line, but it was essentially because now Valtteri has his like signature mullet. They were doing an event with him and Ned to do some like fun little challenges at Puma and just like rate. And they had a little barbershop set up where they were doing a little like mullet top up. And that was like really funny to watch. The whole event was great. The Puma team did such a great job. And while we were there, their content creator, Shy, Mm-hmm. Um, who I had like messaged on Instagram a few times because I just really liked his photography and I was just asking him like what he like what kind of camera stuff he uses how he got into the sport and he's so lovely like one of the nicest people you'll ever talk to in the industry but I'm pretty sure he's leaving to move into a different role which I just saw on Instagram this morning which makes me oh. so sad because he is so lovely so so like open to talking to new people, getting into the sport and wanting to like work in the sport. So that makes me really sad that he's not going to be at OzGP next year because I really wanted to see him again. But um, yeah, I know cries. Um, but so when we saw him there, like this was the first time me, me and Laura both had like messaged him on Instagram and had like spoken to him. This was the first time us meeting him in person. And so while we were at the event, we were just like, it was very much people who were invited were just like watching the, the games we weren't like getting involved and then at the end we could meet Valtteri and get a photo with him with like the little Puma Alfa Romeo photo setup and while we were talking to Shy at the end being like oh hey how you going like you guys are doing such a great job today he asked us both because Laura also makes content um shout out F1 Laura L-A-W-R-A if you want to go check her out um he said to us, are you guys going to make a video of Valtteri? And like both of us, we just look at each other and we're like, what? Like, because those kind of things, you have to get like approval, make sure the team's okay with it. Like we weren't expecting anything, just like a photo with him, just a quick like good luck with your race this weekend. He was like, no, why not? Like try and make a video. If he says no, he says no, but just ask. And we're like, oh, oh shit. Okay, cool. Um, And so instantly, like, there's a line. So we're like, okay, the amount of time we have to, like, figure out what we're going to do is, like, the length of this line. So, like, we're, like, going through, like, our TikTok, going through, like, our save sound, save videos, thinking what we could do. And then I end up getting up to the sound at the time, which was, like, trending, which is, like, the Bonita sound, which is, like, if you don't know, Bonita means, like, pretty in Spanish. And essentially I was just, and we had recently seen the video Alex had done with his girlfriend, Lily, talking about him dyeing his hair blonde. And so after seeing that video, Laura and I were like, oh my God, let's do this with Valtteri's new mullet look. It will be so funny. So in the line, while we're waiting to meet him, we asked these really nice ladies around us. We're like, hey, can you film us like doing the start of the video? And they were really nice and we did that. And then eventually we get to the front of the line. Me and Laura are so nervous. We're like, oh, what if he says no? If he says no, it's okay. Like we still got to get like a cool photo with him. But then he said, we show him the video of Alex doing it and say, hey, would you be down to film this little one line thing for a TikTok video? And he's like, sure, why not? And so we show him the video and he's like laughing at Alex, which is like a good sign. So we're like, okay, cool. Um, Explaining how to do it with him. And then we filmed him doing it and top tip if you ever get the chance to film like a fun trend with the driver or any team member that you really want to make content with always film on your camera app and not on the tiktok app because it's like lip singing kind of things i had to speed um valtteri up a bit so it would match the audio because if i did that directly on tiktok it would not have like looked so like seamless like him actually saying the words so that's my top tip to any content creator always film on the camera app never directly on tiktok you'll like kick yourself in the butt if you do um and yeah so we just got the clip and he was really cool about it and like he did the little hair flick like 
we asked him to <laughs> like thank you so much and afterwards at the event I like quickly like put it together just to see like a rough cut to see what it looked like and it was insane we showed shy and he was laughing his head off and like couldn't believe it he's like make sure you tag us like this is so funny we're gonna like comment on it and everything and we were we just had the the best time the video turned out really nicely and everyone from Alfa Romeo is so lovely could not like say a bad thing about them the whole team is so nice but if you want to see the video it's on my page right now I think it's one of my pinned ones because it kind of blew up overnight which was crazy like I was with my friends and we were just exploring Melbourne the next day before the race weekend and then they were like have you seen tiktok video i'm like oh no i haven't really been on my phone today and they just like put their phone in my face with like the views and i'm like oh my god like like i hoped it would do well but like just you don't like expect like that kind of growth so quickly in the video and it just like shocks you even though you know it literally has valtteri bottas in the video yeah it's like mad though with content creation i'm really hoping y'all can hear me um sick um so I used to do some stuff with like grid girls before this was a couple of years ago and one of my friends messaged me being like I'm really bored me and my friends are doing this like sleepover idea we make like a powerpoint so she was like I'm gonna use because she was a I think biochem student she's like I'm gonna use like proper science statistics to work out which one of the drivers is the most scientifically attractive so we're like oh my god this is hilarious anyway she made this really quick TikTok about it and then we were like oh this is so funny didn't think anyone would see it and then that she got like millions of views and we were like who is watching this content bro like it's hilarious but also like who is yeah. watching this <laughs> it's the stuff it's like, i find it weird like the stuff that blows up is both things you expect but also don't expect at the same time because you're like this yeah. has the ability to but you don't think it will and then you wake up you're like oh okay oh it did <laughs> that many people just easily six months it's understandable though like that TikTok was perfect. It was perfectly timed with the trend. It was perfectly timed with like Bottas's new do. Like it was, it was so funny. I saw that and I was like in shock because I was like, "Hey, that's like perfect." But also, oh my god, how did you do this? But it was so good. Yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. It is hilarious. And uh, fingers crossed to more videos with drivers in twenty twenty four, twenty twenty four. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, at OzGP, if you're listening, just saying. Um, <laughs> Come through. Sophie, Sophie, she's um like the social media admin. She's like great. She, she's so incredible. Sophie, if you're watching, please. <laughs> or literally anyone at Silverstone. Oh. You know, literally Mel and all. No, um, all right. Well, because there's only two minutes left, we'll leave and then come back and then do the rest of it. Yeah. But I honestly have had no chance with like no luck with Sophie at all. I have emailed her multiple times i have linkedin messaged her multiple times aired me every single I think... time i was like oh is it? and then i've messaged like every other social person basically the gp i have had no luck over the past two years it's so easy to get into in comparison to most things that are like that's mad that's the thing like, like silverstone got in touch with me straight away and they were lovely we chatted we talked we set things up OzGP genuinely have tried for two years and could not get a message back. Like, I have no doubt they're lovely and all, but it has honestly been a terrible experience for them. Trying to get in, the only person I've had, like, contact with has been Sophie through, like, either DMs when I'm, like, tagged something or on, like, TikTok because of that. Like, she, like, messaged, yeah. um, she, like, commented on her personal thing and then, like, I've, like, followed her personal and stuff. Yeah. But apart from her, it's been really hard. But also I think the biggest issue is probably going to be budget. Yeah. Because, like, Australia is such a small market in comparison to, like, the UK motorsport oh, yeah, street. So, yeah. like, I remember last year I reached out being, like, I would love to be involved in, like, any way possible, like, whatever. And they were just, like, we just, like, our like in our capacity for our budget, it's just, like, we would love to do this kind of stuff, but it, we just don't have the funding for it, which yeah. is, like, really sad to hear. So I'm hoping these next – because I know – I think they would just be starting to like work on Oz GP twenty twenty four now because they just had Motor GP. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, but like hopefully, because yeah, hearing other races, that so much interaction with creators. See, I would love to get at least an email back saying no. That would be fine for me. Yeah. But like, uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get out of this and get back. Go out and back on. Yeah, and I'll stop being salty. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned obviously. So you mentioned obviously. 
got the chance to go unlucky experience from a friend got invited to an event that was before the LGP. So I guess from that, how has your experience been as a content creator, both as a female, but also as an Aussie? Because I've had the, you know, the privilege to go overseas and be in the UK and have a nice holiday there. And it meant I was able to bring a bit of a different, like, I guess, side to my content. But it also meant that in the UK, there were just so many more opportunities. They didn't, weren't just, you know, not just F1. There was other racing around. But also when it came to that stuff, more sponsors and things were more willing to bring content creators on. So I did so much there and I come back to Oz and obviously it's very hard because we don't have much here. So I guess for you, how have you found being a content creator? I found being a content creator in Australia has been challenging. Like you said, finding those openings and opportunities to even just like send an email out to a company that's like based in Australia, that's willing to work with motorsport creators. Um, In the past, I have spoken to like KO, for example, and they were a bit more open because obviously they're the streaming platform in Australia that plays F1. But because that the timings of the races, the timings of all the sessions are so in such a bad like time of our day, like in the middle of the night, really early in the morning, they didn't really want to ha- spend that influencer marketing money on promoting those kind of events when they could be spending it on a UFC or a rugby event that's during prime time that they know would get a higher reach, a higher conversion rate. You know what I mean? So even when you find those people that do want to promote Formula One and motorsport, they might be a bit more disheartened to want to work with you because they don't know if the investment in your video is going to have a great outcome from it. Not because of your content specifically, just because of the timing that things are on in Australia. And I know Australia is such a small market in comparison to like Europe, America. Like I completely understand that. And it's just, it's just a bit disheartening because I love Australia. Like I love living here. My whole family's here. I've grown up here my entire life. But if you want to do something in the sport, you always feel like you need to be somewhere else because OzGP is only two, three weeks a year that you could be doing work relation to the sport because I feel like the channel 10 formula one team isn't very big they probably aren't going into that avenue so that's why in my content it's mainly focusing on that like race specific stuff but while I've been fortunate enough to go overseas and like my personal travels so for example when I went to the Friarish store I shot some content there when I went last year to see my relatives back in Greece we went to the south of France so we were, we did a day trip to Monaco because I told my cousins we're here I don't care we're going like we're probably not going to be back for quite a long time so my cousin did the standard thing of walking around the track with me while she <laughs> knew nothing about the sport so it's just yeah finding those small moments like wherever you are that's somewhat motorsport related you just quickly grab your phone out capture content and then hope you can create maybe more than one video about it so you can just maximize the content you can grab while being so far away from the action in like the UK. No, definitely. I feel the exact same. Like I had the chance to go to the Silverstone Museum and it wasn't Mm -hmm. just for content, but it was like, I'm going to take a lot of videos here because then I can spread it out and do as much as I can. I went to like a sponsor event and it's like, okay, take as many videos as you can. Even if you're not hired to do any work it's like okay as soon as you see motorsport it's like you're going to use it i'm going to make it work somehow just because you can um and then you come home and it's like a bit of a shock like oh back to normal here we go again uh, i have to wait until either motor gp comes around or the supercars uh, but then the supercars audience like online is quite small on obviously yeah. it's massive but tiktok i don't think it's probably hit yet um but i need to get into that for sure so how have you found being a content creator as a female um obviously you know just being a female in general is tough as is especially the online but with dts and motorsport being a male in quotation marks based sport how have you felt posting and basically putting yourself out there for basically scrutiny 
For me personally, I feel I've been on the more fortunate side of those kind of like gender slurs that you commonly see with female creators. Um, The occasional, yeah, you know, like DTS fan or like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, but on the most part, I've been pretty lucky that most of my community that engages my content, I would say, I think my audience is about like 65, 70% female to begin with. So (laughs) the amount of people coming to my videos... (laughs) Yeah, so that helps definitely, especially with like the whole paddock fashion content, mainly female viewership in those kind of videos. But in the occasional when I'm talking about news or like rumors that come up that you see on like F1 Twitter and stuff, you get the occasional guy commenting on like a comment you made that's simply your opinion. It's not fact. It's not saying that this is the rule set in stone, simply your opinion of what may happen. You're always going to get that occasional guy like trying to put you down for just a little thought that you wanted to add to the discussion of what's going on in the motorsport like world and yeah I feel like you just got to like tune out I know it's really hard it's so much easier to say like just ignore it like don't let it affect you but it's you really need to like block out that stuff and just focus on why you're doing it why it brings you joy and why you want to share this passion with more people online I can't lie like I've always been someone who thankfully the online stuff has never really got to me it the only thing it does is just make me mad because I'm like why are they allowed to be so stupid sometimes when it's specific people commenting um but I've like I've especially the last year like you said ignoring it is good and trying to get enrolled but like honestly using the delete button on comments has been yeah fun because sometimes you realize that they've put so much effort into this paragraph of hate and then all you do is like press delete and then you get a comment maybe like 24 hours later going how oh, you can't just delete my comments and then you just delete that one like it's not the same <laughs> as being able to like argue them back or do a video but sometimes you get a little bit of personal satisfaction being like you don't exist anymore like it does it does work it's not like I said, it's not exactly the same as being able to win um and succeed in an argument because of course we're right uh but yeah it, <laughs> it, it, it does help it does help um and you mentioned your paddock flag fashion um so if you didn't know Anna does like I, I would say your main stuff the two things that come to mind when I think of you is your media rundowns of like the weekend and the wag fashion so I guess specifically with the wag fashion because that is something I don't see anyone else doing maybe I might see someone post a like a video of one of the wags and be like oh my god I love what she's wearing but no one does it to the extent you do where it's where you actually find what they're wearing and where people can find it and things like that so how did that come about um, how it came about, so as I kind of said before, like just watching all the Thursday media coverage from the teams where you see like the drivers walking in, like you see so many sports do this. You get like the videographer capturing all the people coming in. They're like, hey, how are you feeling for the weekend? And sometimes when the drivers were coming in, you'd see either the wives or girlfriend next to them. And like they would always look so beautiful and so stunning that I wanted to know where everything they were wearing was from or how I could like replicate anything it's just another form of influencing that Formula One I feel hasn't really touched on through the genuine just like actual style of these females in the driver's lives and because of that I was like oh I really want to know where they're from and then it was it was like a random day and I think it was Imola last year where I I started it all and it was just a random video idea I was like oh I really like this. You'd see the occasional like fashion page on Instagram as well, completely dedicate their page to like it. So it would be like Carmen. It would be at the time, Isa, rest in peace, like that relationship. Um, And then, and because of that, I was like, I haven't really seen anyone on TikTok fully making like a video, compiling them all together quickly in a short version where people can just say, oh, I didn't see that outfit. That looks really cool. I'd love to try and grab the dress she's wearing. And so because of that, I was just like, let's just film a little video. I think it'd be fun. So I looked up like their pieces. Some of them like are pretty distinguishable. So you kind of like know like the brand or something. So you can quickly just look up like blue, I don't know, blue Dior bag. And then it pops up. You're like, okay, cool. That's their bag. Um, And then because of that, I put it together 
it was it's just really fun for me like I add the little sex in the city music in the background just to give it the vibes to get everyone like that runway feeling and people seem to like it and that's good because I really like making it and it's it's fun for me as well because I'm learning all these new brands that I've never heard of before because of what they're wearing in the paddock and so I like bringing in that element together where you can also enjoy sport but also feel fun to dress up and wear an outfit that makes you feel good and makes you have a better experience while you're enjoying the racing. Definitely. I mean, like you mentioned, I feel like Lily is the only one that teams are really taking on as like a way, like Williams have really somewhat brought her into the content, still not to the amount, but she's, that's one thing where I think tennis did it really well with, um, I forgot the actual tennis player, but his girlfriend, um, Morgan, um, who was on like the full swing, she makes a lot of content and like, I believe it was the US Open actually brought her on to make content and that was like oh, yeah, yeah. And she does like the fashion stuff as well which is really good to see uh but I guess you kind of mentioned it I've always been interested when I see these videos how do you research it how does it come up now you said like if you know the brand you can say you can sort of do a google what if you have no idea how do you find what a piece is amongst all the pieces in the world so for the videos, I like go across. So some photographers might actually like go talk to the wags. Like they have a relationship with them. That's like, like they know who the photographer is and they're willing to take photos with them because obviously some of them are a bit more private and they want to just like go and support their spouse. So sometimes in the captions of the photographer's official photos, they'll say what they're wearing or the brands or something like that. So that's one way. Another way is also those like dedicated pages that like, they're like so on top of it and they're just like listing like the specific like item as well. So I do a few researches across those pages and then sometimes they, um, the wags repeat items they're wearing. Cause obviously they're not going to have like a whole new outfit every single weekend. So if it's something that I know I've seen in the past, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember those sunglasses she wore previously. So like I go and reference my old videos as well <laughs> to like get the name of the item because I'm like, I can't remember what exact shirt that is bring it in and yeah so just like a bit of everything and then sometimes they themselves post it on their stories like um Lily a lot of the time says oh these are vintage Mew Mew loafers that I got in Monaco and then you're like okay cool that's the exact pair so it's just a bit of like looking on the internet looking on those pages looking on photographers pages the actual wags themselves and just bringing it all together okay cool I guess the last thing to finish off this section would be how do you find the balance or is there a balance you try to find between, I guess, making that nice fashion, good stuff, but also not falling to be one of those that, you know, I don't know how to say it, but we've got some fans that take, you know, content with wags too far. So how do you find that balance? I guess yours is literally just focusing on the fashion. So that's great. But I guess you mentioned that's where they work with photographers. Some of them don't want to be, but how do you make sure that your content comes across as you, genuinely being interested in the fashion and not so much interested in a wife and a girlfriend of a driver so yeah like you you see those kind of like icky like where you get a bit too involved in the actual relationship rather than like they're there to support their boyfriend or their husband like that's the reason why they're there sometimes they might be with a brand and wearing a full outfit like you might have seen recently Carmen wore a full American vintage outfit um vintage I, I can't remember the brand, but she wore like a full outfit with them while she went to go support George. So like she's starting that like kind of also supporting her boyfriend, but also wearing a brand she loves. In my content, I like just solely base it on the actual clothing they wear. Like I don't want to get into the whole like relationship drama thing you sometimes see on like Twitter and stuff. That's a bit too like getting into their personal life. Like everyone deserves that privacy just because they're, a public figure that drives around the world for like 10 months of the year doesn't mean they don't deserve that privacy with their spouses. That's why it's always about like just the clothes they're wearing, like how it goes together. If I like an outfit exceptionally, I always come in like, this is my favorite outfit of the weekend. Like I have no <laughs> shyness to saying that, but, and then just any bit of like wag content I do make, it's always that lighthearted, just like as I said, using my fangirl nature, comparing it to something in pop culture that I think it reminds me of, but never going into that whole, oh, drama, someone's been seen with another girl this weekend that isn't their girlfriend. Like, that's not my kind of thing. Like, 
like respect people's privacy. That's not your place. You don't know anything about what's going on. You're just a fan on the other side of the world. I think some people uh, completely forget that sometimes, especially when I come across some things on TikTok and it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to take a step back here and I think you should too. Uh, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, funny. I completely get like what you're saying because it's, again, going back to the whole interaction thing, I think because they were on like Beatles level kind of fame. People were yeah. so in their business. Whereas because yeah. although F1 drivers, like a couple of them, for example, like Lewis are sort of in that general ballpark, like, they are still athletes. So there is still that element of privacy that you'd sort of somewhat expect. Like I said, some people don't quite agree. But anyway, uh, kind of going back on to the stuff on track, how have you found the 2023 season? On the most part, like it has been a season that's going to be remembered in the rule books for sure because no other driver has achieved what Max has done this season. The percentage wins is mind-blowing. But as a fan watching, I would say on the most part, it would be one of the most, not boring, but kind of like mediocre seasons in terms of you kind of knew what was going to happen in the end. You saw drivers not even trying to defend Max because they knew he would somehow get around them anyway. So they didn't want to like waste their tires, which as a fan is disheartening. But thinking as a driver, it makes the most sense because they want to maximize their race at the same time. But also we did have all those battles like, in the middle, like you saw how close all the teams were in the midfield that if they made a mistake one lap in quali, they would literally be P17 instead of P5. So watching that, for me personally, this season, qualifying was like my favourite part of the race weekend because it was always such a different grid setup every single track, depending on whether they set up the car properly, whether the driver made a mistake, just anything. Qualifying was the most engaging part of the season. And I would say... If we were just looking at quality, it would be a great season because every single race, I think I left satisfied that that was a fun session to watch. Yeah. But hopefully next year, we have a bit more competition for race wins. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of a point a lot of people have hit this year is that like the Saturday bar sprint weekends, like, but qualifying has been the most or at least adds to some of the excitement of the weekend I think a lot of the races you kind of 20 laps in know how it's gonna end so yeah, yeah so obviously like I said qualifying kind of generally the most exciting part do you have any specific highlights that kind of come to mind this year that are kind of really going to stick with you um well going to Australian the Australian Grand Prix in real life I just remember seeing George's engine explode like in front of my eyes and watching that like fire well because I was on the pit straight so watching his car literally just like have fire out of it that's like inbuilt in my brain watching that because you know they're driving quick you know they're driving insane machinery but then you see that happen there's a person in there and you're like oh my god that is terrifying if you're that driver in that like you don't know what's going to go wrong in the engine in potentially five seconds so that was a bit of a scary moment watching that in real life so I would say that moment also the recent um Vegas Grand Prix because that was one of the few races in Australia that was on at a good time for us so I went to a bar was it early for you guys wasn't it yeah (laughs) oh rough times for UK people (laughs) um no it would have been early was it like 5am or something um I think the yeah like the actual pre-f1 show bit started at like five and the race was at like six and a lot of the practices were between before 8am okay don't like, they get the rest of the year we get like a- <laughs> I'm, trying so to be, I'm trying to be empathetic i'm trying to be empathetic but I know it was the- dark though when i was that's in the thing. Yeah, no, that is hard when it's dark so it's dark here and the race is dark so i'm like it's basically nighttime and actually it's <laughs> six in the morning it's a bit more of a vibe though because it was like it was a struggle finding a bar that was even playing f1 to be fair first thing and it was a good time so when we found one it was packed there was so many people wanting to watch it which was great um but like watching that race and watching Charles's like overtake at the very end on Checo the entire room like erupted in cheers it was 
that like typical like movie moment where like you see him lose his place for making a silly mistake and then he gets it back on the last lap like that was crazy to watch and just the energy was so electrifying also Carlos's win in Singapore because Singapore's I love Singapore and hearing the um Ferrari pit crew sing the Italian national anthem with such like happiness and enthusiasm it, it gave me all the feels and I'm not even Italian but like I love the Italian it's national anthem. <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's just a vibe so yeah those are my favorite moments do you have any moments sort of off track that have stuck with you whether in your kind of personal ongoings or just from the sport I guess um off track in terms of like media I loved the whole Taylor Swift Alonso like storyline that was so that was yeah I know (laughs) I'm a big Swifty (laughs) um so I'm like that typical One Direction Formula One Taylor Swift like stereotype you see on TikTok my friends send it all to me they're like it's literally you I'm like yeah I know um it's story of my life um and so that whole thing and then um the admin for maybe not admin but like videographer content creator for Aston um Jimmy he's Australian so like just he yeah such a lad such a lad I got to meet him um when I went to Singapore and he was so nice and I was just like this is why Aussies need to stick together like it's he's so cool (laughs) and just (laughs) episode we recorded I think not the last one but the one before and then uh, Sam was talking about how great um the uh, Aston Martin media it's like yeah it's because Jimmy's an Aussie which means Australians that's the whole reason why Aston Martin has amazing media and that's why they should hire more just saying literally Aston Martin two Aussies right here Mm -hmm. OzGP 2024 yeah just saying just putting it out there we look great in green yeah green jack doing brack what I'm saying um yeah so like him working with Alonzo just all those off-track moments and Alonzo just being like Alonzo has mentioned that he's in this part of his career where he's realized how serious he was about the sport and wants to have fun wants to enjoy it while he's still there so him being so open to doing all these fun challenges with Jimmy and the Aston team has been so cool to see and shows how if drivers just take it a bit less seriously during those media moments and have fun, it's so good for engagement, so good for bringing in those new fans and keeping that attention span, especially through a season that on the most part might be boring to a lot of people because you know who the winner is likely to be. So bringing in those other aspects to keep that retention, keep that fan base is so important. And so that's why the Taylor Swift storyline was so out of pocket, but so fun to see. Like, even my mum was commenting on it. She was like, why is Taylor Swift in a news article with Fernando Alonso? And I was like, you're telling me, mum. Like, I don't know. Downstairs one day to my parents, like, properly discussing. They're like, oh, you know, Fernando was like, to Taylor Swift, there are rumours and he's not denying it. I'm just there like, what am I walking? (laughs) They've taken it too far. Because obviously they don't understand what trends are. Like, we know that it's, you know, sarcasm. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The trends, yeah. Yeah, no, it's proper. I'm like, oh, no. This is what happens. This is what happens when it hits the oh, traditional media. It needs to stay on TikTok. But no, it's great. He won TikTok personality of the year in Spain. So yeah. it really worked. <laughs> as he should. As he should. As he's, he's such a character. I love him. Like, Do yeah. They had, on the last race, they had Max interviewing him. And honestly, I was like, they just need drivers to interview each other every weekend because these are the best questions any of them have been asked all year. Yeah, and this weekend at the press conferences, like when, like yeah. Char- when they were asking Charles something about, like, do you think you would win in this like track or something? And then like him and Max and George on the side are just like cracking jokes and just making each other laugh. Like, what like that just an incident. Uh, just an incident. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> it's those moments that you don't expect. They're so fucking hilarious. I can't. Like it, it, it takes me back to the days when I was watching the YouTube videos, the press conference back then, because I felt like there was a time where it was really funny because you had the jokes as you had like Jensen, Seb, yeah, um, those lot. Right. Um, it kind of went bland for a bit, and then and then especially they stopped doing like the six person conference, and then I think and they stopped opening it up so much, and then the media stuff came back around. And it was like, oh, okay, we're back. Love it. Yeah. So now you get all those clips on TikTok and social media from the funny moments, from the press conferences, which is extra media 
exactly. boosting fans. Like, who would have thought? Wow, bringing insight into the sport will bring people in. I owe it all, honestly, to McLaren because I've always had McLaren were the first ones to start really doing the media properly. They obviously did Unbox before anyone else they were doing yeah. Instagram. So I owe it all to them. Thank you. I have not forgiven you for the Danny situation completely yet, but, you know, Oscar's there, so you're helping. Uh, but, yeah, then with the media, it was it was great. I would always say that, like, thanks to them, all the other teams also stepped up. There are still some teams lacking behind, unfortunately, but they really stepped up and they're finding the goods. So, love it. Also, it's another also thing like- I've loved seeing Oscar progress this season. That's also been – I've been loving oh. see, watching Japan and the – um, wait, where was the sprint win? It wasn't Japan. It was, or was it Japan? Where did he win the sprint? Oh, she has been a blur to me. Yeah, I could not remember. Wherever it. he won the sprint or wherever he got his first podium, I think that was Japan. It was like perfect time in Australia and you just knew all of Australia yeah. was watching. Yes, yes, it was Japan. Because yeah, I remember it was being like in an episode going, Oscar Biastri's gone and done a podium while the Aussies are watching. So yes, it was, it was. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I, Oscar's also up there for me because I'm the same age as him. So, like, watching what he's doing, I'm just like, holy crap. Like, I can't imagine how you're feeling right now. I feel like a child and you're going around the world. Like, it's insane. Like, I'm so proud of him and all my friends feel the same way, especially, like, my friend who literally is about to graduate engineering and she's, like, she's really into all, like, the technical car stuff. She, like, explains it to me from, like, her knowledge. And just, like, that collaboration of, like, looking at, like, his like technical engineering side and seeing like how he's blossoming to be like more comfortable in front of the camera, which is like more the kind of stuff I'm more interested in. It's just like so great to see. Yeah, oh, I, I love Oscar. I love him because I love his humor because it matches mine, at least I think. Um, so obviously we mentioned about going to the Australian Grand Prix this year. What are your sort of plan of action for next year, race-wise, content-wise, life-wise? So next year, currently have OzGP 2024 booked with Shana. We're going to be sitting together in the pit area, pit straight area, which is so exciting. I'm so keen. Like, yeah. it's going to be here so soon. And I cannot wait. So that's the races I'm going to, because unfortunately, attending races is pricey and a bit far away for Australian fans. Love my friend. I'd love to go to Suzuka, but I don't think that's going to happen because... I need to save money, but I would love to go to Suzuka because that's the next closest race for Australians apart from Singapore. Um, but in terms of content, I'm going to be continuing doing the paddock fashion stuff and all the media kind of content. And next year I'm looking to go a bit more into creating some kind of fun series to add on to those race weekend things. So people can kind of look forward to some more like segmented things to enhance their race viewing experience. So I'm going to be, brainstorming and experimenting experimenting some things over the winter break so look out for that and I'm really excited for the next season because this season while it was great I'm so keen to see what the teams have up their sleeves to see if someone can finally rival Max for his insane talent and give us a bit more competition maybe Checo who knows maybe a Red Bull battle we'll see what happens but yeah, I'm really excited for the next season, even though we literally just finished the 2023 season. And I'm super excited for the livery reveals because that's honestly one of my favorite parts of the season. I love watching all that content and like whatever they put on and seeing what the livery looks like. I love that design element. So, yeah. I, I love when they show the yeah, I find it really funny. I'm sorry. I find it really funny because like my parents expect the car reveals to be an actual car. So my dad would be like, that's the 2023 car. And I'm like, it's not about the car. It's about the livery. Look at the livery. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Alfa Romeo, where they kind of, they, what is it? They um, spoiled it by accident in their yeah. thing because it was shown on the screen. It was hilarious. Yeah. I love it. It's like these big F1 teams and they still manage to somehow spoil it sometimes or they yeah. have a really boring one or they have a really good one. It's interesting to see where the marketing budget goes. I mean... <laughs> Paul DeVries from Estonia should tell you how easy oh, it is to make That was mistakes. so funny. So I don't funny. know what it was the day. Um, Marcus Armstrong, he was posting something on Instagram and it was tagged, he tagged um, Paul Aaron and he was like, Paul DeVries um, at Macau with me or something like that. So, so funny. 
I, I died when I saw that. I was like, what is going on in those systems? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> um yeah it's weird for me liveries I think I forget about them because the moment the F1 season ends the FE season starts in my head like my mm. brain is now back in Mexico like I'm ready raring to go so then I forget that those and then I normally miss the first two and then someone's like have you seen this new car and then I'm like ah yes that's also happening I can't multitask there's too many things going on between like <laughs> touring cars FE Porsche like my brain hurts so until like March, like there's just a three or four month period where I just forget F1 exists for a bit. And then I'm like, right, back in <laughs> that mindset. So final question from me before I hand over to Shanna for quick fire round questions is Logan Sargent, what's happening next year? Go. Okay, with the radio, with James talking to him, being like, oh, see, even though F1 TV tried to get an exclusive, this is from the post-race show I was watching yesterday, and he was like, he did this typical media response being like, oh, that was just us doing, like, the post-season testing, blah, blah, blah. But James has been such a supportive Logan. I feel like they're going to give him at least one more season. I think we're going to be seeing him in Williams next year. That's my opinion. No, I kind of see that. I feel like if they don't, they're really going back on their word, and that's something Red Bull can get away with. I don't think Williams yeah. would do that. They'd be very, like, strong. Also, they've brought on Leo Block, who is also American, so I feel like they're really trying to keep with that American thing. Um, it's because they've been yeah. bought by an American company, so whoever they're replacing with would need to be American, really, which, based on their driver academy... Yes, none of them. I don't know. Jack Crawford is the next. I know he's just been dropped by Red Bull, but, like, he's the next American yeah yeah anyway all right well this is the fun now we've got like five minutes before this end so let's see if we can get it done as well as the ending quick fire now as quick as you can answer these questions first thought that pops into your head so okay team it's your dream team you get two drivers at a team principal who are they from anywhere anytime um okay we're gonna do ferrari team principal gonna bring in toto because i love that man and then two drivers, we're going to have Michael Schumacher just bring back the lineage. Like, we have to see him back. But I want to see him working with another German man. Oh, no, he's not German. I lie, I lie. Sorry, I didn't say that. Um, um, And then I'm going to bring... Definitely Austrian. I want, I want to see Lewis in a Ferrari car. I want to see him in a Ferrari. I want to see him in red. Okay, right. cool. Awesome. Um, I was going to ask you this, but you've already answered, but I'll do it again. Favourite team principal? Oh, Toto. <laughs> Favourite <laughs> oh, track? Um. I love Coda. I love Coda. It's like everything I want in a track, like the hill, the flag, the racing, everything. I love Coda. Yep. Thoughts on Vegas? After watching it, I think it was a good race. Watching the drama with the whole, um, what? Yeah. it wasn't potholes, but you know what I'm Manhole talking about. Like that was, cover. Yeah. That was, that was really bad. I felt really bad for the fans literally getting $200 as like compensation. Like that's really poor, but on the most the racing actually was kind of good even though it literally was spider pig from simpsons movie i literally died at those memes because i remember seeing um the track months ago being like that looks like an animal and then someone made the meme of it being spider pig i didn't realize it, oh, I, was a pig. yeah i didn't realize it was a spider pig oh my god oh yeah so after watching it, I did enjoy the race, but I'm keen to see how they can keep making it bigger and bigger each year, considering how much they've already done so far in that like that opening ceremony. Thoughts yeah. on sprint races? I, I kind of like them, but I think they need to change how the grid setup is because as many of the drivers say, it's kind of just giving you a spoiler of what's going to happen at the start of the race the next day. So I think they need to bring in that reverse grid order. So like you can kind of see, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a big fan for reverse grids, like especially in like F2, like it just makes it more exciting. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you? Because especially when only the top eight teams, um, not eight drivers get points, like as like Alex commonly says this, if you're not in those top eight drivers spots, like you kind of have no incentive to even try because you don't want to damage the car for the next day. So like bringing in that reverse grid will force those faster drivers to actually work for those higher grid spots and show their driver ability so yeah I like I like I like having it all on one day I do agree how they change that that's kind of good and I like how qualifying is so quick and that drivers have to quickly get onto their car for the race quality 
but they need to make sprint races reverse grid. So it's a bit different, the actual race from race on Sunday. Love that. What is your F1 hot take? Oh, um. Maybe reverse grid races, to be honest. Yeah, true. Reverse grid races. Um, um, I think more, more stuff on media day honestly I know the drivers hate a lot some drivers have really strong like I know like Nico and like Magnuson really don't like it but I think it's really good for the sport keep going keep bringing that coverage some people hate it might call me a DTS fan for that but I think it's what's going to uphold the sport for decades to come I love it and the last one to finish it off you mentioned that you met Daniel earlier how was that and really quickly what what was the story behind that that was on Melbourne walk so the typical Australian experience running to get to the front of the Melbourne walk I was there I was being crushed by everyone around me and I was waiting one day I got there and he literally started like two people down from me so I just missed meeting him on like a Friday and that like I literally wanted to cry then the next day I went further down I learned my lesson and I met him and he was so nice and I have a photo with him but it was like mask time but you could still see his smile marks in the photo which I was like oh my god like you can tell he actually genuinely just loves meeting fans so yeah that's my Daniel meeting experience love that well yeah. thank you for having us on that's basically the end of the quick fire so I guess we'll quickly try and go through this thank you Adam for coming on really enjoyed it I uh, really appreciate coming on everyone listening thank you for listening make sure to follow the socials at beyond the track podcast and at beyond the track pod on tiktok and instagram and make sure to follow us here on spotify wherever you listen rate us five stars we've got some amazing episodes coming up as well so make sure you tune in where can they find you anna um i'm f1.anna on tiktok and also on instagram anna underscore angelos and you can find all my content there but make sure you guys leave a review for the podcast and thanks guys for having me amazing and thank you